every time Pastor Will would get ready to preach, Mother Young and Deacon Penny were saying, Mother Young would start off, I was young, but I At the close of day, yes. Then Dick and Pamela would come and say, Mother was so sweet and dear. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good old singing. Amen. Well, it has some real meaning in it. Amen. come before you again just to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, these sounds of Zion, oh God. Lord, it takes us back to a simpler time, oh God. Yeah. But at the same time, a deeper time, and understanding your amazing grace. Lord, in times of poverty and distress, oh God. Lord, we can see the light of the tunnel that was taking us home, oh God. And so, Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you shine that bright light into this world of darkness, of sin. Lord, it's been cloaked by, by wealth and cloaked by better times, Master. And some of us don't believe that we need you anymore. But Lord, I'm here to ask and bow down my head to you, O oh God, that Lord, that you would show this dismal world that there is a reality in serving the true and living God. Lord, bless New Zion, O oh God. Bless every soul. In this place, oh God. Lord, keep them and encourage them, oh God, to keep walking with you, oh Master. 
For Master, we know at the end of the day when we stick our swords in the sand of time to study war no more. We want to be somewhere in your kingdom. Master, we want to be around your precious throne. Lord, we want to be where we can feel your presence in the fullness of joy. Lord, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, bless every officer in this church and your humble servant right here today, Master. Let me down into the deep treasures of your word. Lord, let me see more of you, Master, that I can give to your people, O oh God. Lord, and we want to be so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus and the whole church said, Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, starting at the first verse, you will find these words, amen. Matthew 21, verse 1. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, the Mount of Olives, then Jesus went, sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. So the multitude said, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Amen. This afternoon, I just want to speak with you for a few moments from the thought, the triumphant entry. The triumphant entry. 
In this passage of Scripture, I try to find myself in that day. With the knowledge that I have now of how the story went, to be in that day in the midst of all of the emotions and all of the activity of that day. And seeing Jesus come in on a donkey. The text allows us to see that the prophecy said that he would come lowly and sitting on a donkey. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, he didn't look like a whole lot of nothing. He didn't look like much. He didn't come in with a whole lot of gold hanging from his neck, a whole lot of rings on his fingers, his hair done real well and good with a lot of glitter. He didn't come like that. Matter of fact, he didn't even come on a horse. He came on a donkey. Now, I don't know about you, but when we look at this text, if we were Old Testament believers and had read all about how that the king was coming to overthrow the governments of the land that would have oppressed his people, there's no way that we would have thought he would come in with maybe even a secondhand robe riding on a donkey and not with any glitter, with any fanfare. And right about him were three guys, well, 12 guys, three in the front, the ones that stayed real close to him, but they didn't look like much either. And I know those who was able to discern ethnic groups and areas would look and say, wait a minute, those are not Judeans, those are Galileans. Don't, don't, those are from Capernaum. And here comes the, what, king? Now, can you see how in the midst of this time, there's, there's a bunch of people, though, who's excited about this time. There's a bunch of people who crying out and lifting up hands as he comes into Jerusalem. The text clearly lets us see that there were those there that were shouting and praising him and they were putting out their cloaks so that he could ride across them with palm branches that he was putting down. Now all of this was happening and then the crowds were moved. I want to point out that we need to be careful about crowds. Now in the midst of this crowd undoubtedly there were some that were praising Jesus because everybody else was praising Jesus. And that's a dangerous reason why to do anything. It's a dangerous reason why you do what you do because other folks are doing it. You do what you do because it's popular. Because what is popular may not be right. But in this situation, we see that we know who Jesus is, and so their desire to praise him and worship him was right. But I contend to you, it was for the wrong motives. That's another problem with crowds. Sometimes they may be part the way right and part of the way wrong. They may even have the event and the words 
and the actions right, but the motives are wrong. And it's dangerous to be in that kind of crowd because when they figure out that what they believe ought to be occurring does not, they are fickle and easy to go from one polar point to the other, to go from happy to sad, from joyous to mad. And you better be careful when you're following the crowd. But as we look at this text, we see our Jesus coming in. And he did not come with a lot of fanfare or as we call it today, bling, bling. He didn't come like that. He could have came on white horses. He could have came with a, a legion of angels. He could have came with a great strong army, but he didn't, did he? So some might say, wait a minute, if he's going to be the king, why is he coming so lowly? Why is he coming so oh so not bling bling, oh so not popular, oh so not the way we would see someone of royalty coming? Because he is the king of kings and the lord of lords, but he was coming to be king of a kingdom that was not in this earth. It was a kingdom that was 180 degrees opposite of the world. Jesus came to be a king to have dominion over sin. Because sin had dominion over us. Am I right about it? We were hopelessly lost in sin. Who could not fight its desires or its lust. We could not get control of sin because sin had control of us. Jesus understood that there needed to be another war won before the military might came. And the war that he was coming to win was more dire than the war against Rome. It was a war that needed to be won on the inside. It was a war that needed to be won in the hearts of men because their thoughts were evil continuously. So Jesus came in lowly that he could be as low as anybody else could get so that no matter how low we were, Jesus could reach down and pick us up. Am I right about it, church? So he came lowly and meek so that he could identify with us at whatever state we're in. We know that Jesus Christ owned everything, but he came owning nothing so that he could be at the lowest point of bankruptcy that we would be at. Amen. Jesus Christ said, birds have nests and foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He came like that so that he could be where even the lowest of us could be. No far as low as the one who's living on the street. As low as any prostitute or any whoremonger, as low as any murderer or any thief, any liar, he could be lower, that he could reach down and pick him up. He is the lowly Jesus. But I tell you, Jesus is meek. He's got power under control because there was a war that even the great Military might of Rome could not win. You could bring all the king's armies and all the king's men and they couldn't put one sinner back together again. But I tell you this one here, this man
saying here Jesus has the power to take broken sinners and to put them back together again. So when I look at this text, even though it's bittersweet and knowing that just seven days later, after all of this fanfare, he would be dead. Just one week, things would change so dramatically that we would find Jesus dead. We would find him have been beaten all night long with nails in his hands and nails in his feet. Just one week later. But I come back to our text because it's important to know that the people who are worshiping him were looking for something. If you look at our text, we find out in verse 9 that they were saying, Hosanna to the son of David. This word Hosanna means save. And it means in a particular time period, which is called now. So Hosanna was saying, save now to the son of David. They had it right that he was the son of David because Jesus was of the lineage. He was a descendant of the King David. He was from the tribe of Judah. They had it right, but they didn't see the whole role that Jesus would play. They were happy about that. They could see the king and they knew that David was the greatest king they had ever had. The nation had never had a greater military might than David. Even when Saul was the king, they said Saul slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. He was a mighty king. He was a military might. His armies were strong and they were saying, hey, here comes another one just like him. So they're worshiping him and praising him right now. They're laying down palm branches and they're laying down coat because they're looking for this military might to stand up like David did against Goliath and calling them uncircumcised Romans who would come against the armies of the Lord. But Jesus didn't come like that. Time went along and Jesus never stood up in the middle of Jerusalem and said, I'm putting out, I'm declaring all our war against Rome. He never did that. He never put on his fancy garments and called for his legion of angels. He never did it. And so after a time, the fickleness of man started to become disillusioned because they had a fantasy about Jesus that wasn't going to come true. They had a fantasy about Jesus that just wasn't lining up. They were doing the right things, but for the wrong motive. And then the hearts of men began to show themselves. When they gone from Hosanna to the highest to crucify him. But before we get there, we want to look here and we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now they had it right again. He did come in the name of the Lord. He did come in the authority of the Lord. But they missed his purpose. They missed what he needed to conquer first, which was sin. They were blinded by this. And so after a while, their hearts changed. After a while, people's hearts changed in the church too. Folks who hang out at the church, when things don't seem to be going the way they think they ought to be going, 
Things don't move as fast as they think they ought to be moving, mother. Sometimes folks say, you know, we ought to come in and in a week, everything ought to be like this. But then in a week, everything isn't like that. And now they're disillusioned. And now they're like, well, I don't want to be part of this. It should have already been changed. But God allowed us to see a glimpse into the mind of men through Peter. When Peter said, God doesn't count slackness like men count slackness. But men do count slackness and they count it very short. We're in a microwave generation. So when folks come in hearing what they believe you're saying, and they're watching you, and they believe they see your walk, they may walk with you a while, but some of them are going to fall away. When they find out you're on a mission of sacrifice for the Lord, some folks going to say, that's too hard for me. I'll see you later. Have a good life. But don't be discouraged, saints of God. Because Jesus wasn't, was it? Jesus knew all of this was going to happen, but he still marched on. He still came on into Jerusalem, knowing these people were going to be fickle and they were going to turn against him. Because he had a greater mission in mind. He understood their condition, and we got to understand our condition. He understood that they were sinful, and that sin would take grips of them, and that's why he came. And so when we are doing the mission of the Lord, knowing that God has sent us as he was sent, then we got to stay in with it. Even when folks are falling on the wayside, even when folks are starting to call you fanatic, even when folks are starting to call you loser, you just keep on because you know you are a winner in Jesus. You just keep on telling folks about the Lord because you know there's a day that is coming when God is going to wipe all tears away. That there won't be no more suffering and no more pain. You keep on running. They can call you square and they can call you anything else, but you know what you are, a child of God. You keep on pressing because your confidence is sure that you are on a solid foundation and his name is Jesus. You keep on marching from place to place. You keep on telling folks about the good news of Jesus. And after a while, by and by, that the Lord will come and find his faithful. He will find his faithful and he is coming for a church without spot or blemish. And we are found in that because we are found in Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God in him. That's good news, children. The king had come, amen, amen. But he come to win a war that all of the nations combined could not win. He won that war against sin. One Friday evening, they put nails in his hands and they put nails in his feet. Oh yes, they did, but they lifted him up and they made that mistake that he would draw all men unto him. And all of the sin of past, present, and future was on his shoulders. Praise his holy name. He won the war for you and for me and for those past and those present and those into the future. Hallelujah. He won the war. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But that wasn't the end of the story. Because they took him down on that old rugged cross. And they put him in a borrow tomb. And he was in that grave all night Friday. He was in that grave all day Saturday. But it was early, early, early Sunday morning. He got up with all power in his 
where the fullness of joy is in his presence to a place that our pleasures forevermore. We're going to walk into those streets of Jerusalem. Hallelujah, they're paved with gold. And they walls of jasper. Yes, we are. One of these old days, just stay faithful. And after a while, by and by, we're going to enter in because he is the king triumphant. He is the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Praise his holy name. Amen, amen. That's good news, saints of God. That's real good news. The doors of the church are open. That the saints of God, the war has been won. Jesus won that war for you and for me. When they whipped his skin off, when they scourged him, he won the war. But if there's somebody here who has not given their life to him, that he can make you brand new. It's time for you to get on the victorious team. It's time for you to enter in and to be part of the kingdom of God. There is room at the cross for you. There is room.